Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. So here I thought it was going to be a boring start to the week. And while it's not, it hasn't been super exciting, we do have some big data to get into uh, looking at home prices. In fact, the monthly Black Knight Mortgage Monitor Report, which I think is now the ICE Mortgage Monitor Report, ICE bought Black Knight, says home affordability is now at the lowest level since 1984. (laughs) So... It's been a while. I was alive the last time. Was, I was three, but I was alive the last time we saw a housing market that was this unaffordable, according to ICE. Welcome, everyone, to the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And so, yeah, we get this big report every month, beginning of the month, from Black Knight, or now ICE. And it used to be two reports. It used to be... A, you know, kind of looking at home prices and I think it was looking at inventory and, and, and um, purchases. And then they had another report that was looking at rate locks. And now it's just one big report. And there's so much information <laughs> that it's actually, I don't want to bog you guys down with just tons of data and statistics. So I'm trying to look at this report. I mean, the report's 28 pages. And they got graphs and all kinds of information. You know, just phenomenal report. But I don't want to bog you down with just boring you to death with just me citing statistics after statistics. <laughs> so it's trying to pick what uh, obviously are kind of the big takeaways from this report. And there is no doubt that it is affordability. I mean, that how can you find anything else when you have a report saying that affordability is at the lowest level since 1984. So it's been a little while. And so why is this happening? Well, we all know mortgage rates were up in October. Now, the good news is that we've actually seen a decline over the last week or so. So we've, we've seen some, some positive action with regards to mortgage rates. So that's, that's the good news. However, at the end of October, things were not looking so hot. And so that's when this report was, you know, being compiled because it it gets released at the beginning of November. So they're looking at, I think rates from like October 26th and that's when rates were, they were high. Um, I think they have them at like 7.79%. So almost 7.8% inching closer to the infamous 8% number. So we know mortgage rates are, are on the rise, but also bizarrely, so are home prices. Normally, that would not be the case. Normally, mortgage rates increase, home prices fall. Because all of a sudden, when, when mortgage rates go up, you can't afford as much house. And so it would make sense that the markets would react accordingly. And when people have less buying power, therefore, there's less demand, same amount of supply, what happens? Prices fall. But there's a very key point there. Um, same amount of supply. We do not have a good amount of supply. And so we have this weird situation where you have mortgage rates increasing and store home prices. It's, it's very bizarre. Don't get used to this. Okay. It's very bizarre. This, this hopefully will not 
happen like this ever. All we, we got to do is build. Build our way out of it and just keep building. Don't stop. And we want to deal with this ever again, hopefully. If we follow those that, that simple step, build more homes. Okay, I'm going to get off my, my Yimby soapbox. All right, so here's what happened in the month of September. Home prices rose just under 0.4% in the month of September, like I said. Oh, and also, what's, what's interesting about the Black Knight report is that some of the data is from September, and then some of the data is from October. <laughs> so it, it does create kind of a interesting, you got to just be, be paying attention to, to the data that we're talking about and where it's from. So this is from September. Prices rose just under 0.4%. That was actually down from the almost 0.7% rise that we saw in August. But, or I should say, and it was the weakest month that we've seen since January. So home prices have been rising since January. We saw a slight turnaround um, in January. And so we, they, but they've gotten better every single month. And now they've fallen to the lowest level since we saw things turn around um, in January. And that's a little different. There's some of the other reports say February. We'll talk about that in a second, uh, which puts home prices. Home prices are now up 4.3% when compared to the same time last year. That is up from the revised 3.7% that we saw in August and is now at the highest level since December of 2022. So home prices are rising month over month. This has been happening now for, what is that, 10 months? Every single month in 2022, or 2023, excuse me. Uh, and that has now put home prices back at the highest level year over year since December of 2022. Now, this has created a situation, as I mentioned, where affordability is now a very big problem. So the data that ICE used is they used a 7.7%, uh, 7.79% mortgage rate. That's where it was on October 26th. So if you take that, the median monthly principal and interest payment is now $2,567. That is the, or I should say that is the mortgage payment necessary, just this principal and interest for the median priced home that is up $144 from September and is up, this is crazy, $1,240 from just two years ago, 94%. So in two years, the monthly payment in interest required to buy a median priced home is up almost 100%, almost doubled. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> that explains a lot. Um, so taking all of that data, it now requires 40.6% of the median household income to make the monthly P&I. And to put that in perspective, for the past 35 years, the payment to income percentage has averaged just under 25%. So now we are at we are over 40% at 40.6%, the least affordable housing market in 1984. So 
how do we solve this problem? Well, we know we know what it is. It's building more homes. <laughs> so, so you build more homes. There's more homes out there. There's more competition. You have more inventory. You see um, home prices fall a little bit, not a ton. In fact, they'd have to fall a lot. So we know what the solution is building. But what about just looking at the numbers? Let's say we don't build. What would have to happen? I'm assuming supply stays the same. What would have to happen for home prices to get back to their, the median? This is, once again, from the ICE report. We would need mortgage rates, 30-year fix, to fall 4.4 percentage points. So more than half they would have to fall back into the low threes, which nobody sees happening. Maybe ever again. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the if you look at the historical chart, I'm talking. There was a chart that was going around on the internet. It was like two thousand years of interest rates. It was like it was going back. It was going back to the time of Jesus. <laughs> it was looking at where mortgage rates were in society. And it was saying that they, you know, average like was like five or six percent or seven or something like that. So it was like the fact that we ever got into the twos is just incredible. And the likelihood of that ever happening again, um, the only way that would happen again would be something just horrific, like some horrible, horrible financial crisis or something that then causes a financial crisis, like a terrorist attack or something along those lines, in order for to, for rates to fall that low. So most are saying we're never going to see that again. So the idea that we would fall back into the low threes, not going to happen. So what, what's one of the other ways that we could solve this crisis? Uh, 62% rise in median household income. Now, that, that could happen. I mean, we are seeing wages continue to rise. Uh, in fact, they're now outpacing inflation. But we would need... So basically, we would need incomes to rise 62% while home prices remaining stagnant that's one of the other solutions and then um a 38 percent decline in home prices <laughs> i mean i think peak to trough the great financial crisis i want to say it was like 20 percent. so the idea that without now mind you we're in a situation without the bad loans that we would see home prices fall 40% on average. That's what it would, on average, you'd have to see a 40% dip across the country. So some places you'd have to see like a 60, 70% dip. I mean, all of these scenarios just seem so unlikely to happen. And that's what I think is, is so terrifying to so many people, which is why the real easy solution is none of those things happening. I don't want home prices to fall 40%. Sure, I'd love for income to jump 62%. Who wouldn't? Um, home prices, uh, mortgage rates aren't going to fall in into the threes, <laughs> the low threes. But what can happen is we can see incomes rise and we can see new homes being built. That's, that's how you solve it, okay? That's how you solve it. And so let's hope that that is how we get out of this situation. Now, here's the good. So if you're a homeowner, or I should say if you're a wannabe homeowner, that sucks. That is not what you want to see because it shows you how difficult it is to get into that first home. Now, if you are a homeowner, once again, it's pretty damn good. You are in a pretty good situation. Uh, after dipping 14% in late 
22 as home prices fell across the country. Homeowner equity has now rebounded to within 2% of the all-time high that we saw last year. Total mortgage equity now stands at $16.4 trillion in September. That's pretty good. Uh, but here's what's even more amazing. Because as we all know, there's equity and then there's tappable equity. Tappable equity is the equity that's available to you um, minus the 20% that it's going to be required for you to do a cash out um, refi. Now, I mean, obviously, at any time, you can sell your house and tap all of your equity. Most people, though, in this in this current housing market would say, mm, I don't want to sell, but can, I want to stay in the house, but why not just do a cash out refi and tap what I can. So that means 20% equity. So you remove that, and you can pretty much kind of do the math in your head, but there is 10 trillion of tappable equity out there just off 3% from the all-time high. The average mortgage holder now has $200,000 in tappable equity. That is up from $174,000 at the start of the year, but we're still down from the $210,000 peak that we saw in spring of 2022. Now I've been talking about a lot of things that pre, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, what was the pre-pandemic average? What was the pre-pandemic? All, all this stuff. This will not be surprising to many of you who are paying attention to the housing market. Purchase applications, you know, for people looking to buy a home and active listings are both down <laughs> almost the exact same amount. It's like kind of comical. So according to this ice report, Purchase mortgage applications fell to 47%. They're now, they're up a little bit, but they're still down 47% below pre-pandemic levels the last um, week of October. Active listings, while they have begun to rise moderately, oh, excuse me, I do want to clarify, uh, purchase mortgage applications did fall to 47% below pre-pandemic levels. Active listings have risen over the last couple of months, but they're still down 45% from pre-pandemic benchmarks and are nearing the levels of last year when prices began to weaken. So what we're seeing is that we have demand purchase mortgage applications down 47%, and then we have inventory levels down 45%. There's your answer. So how is this the most unaffordable market? How are home prices continuing to rise? Because inventory and demand, aka supply and demand, have both fallen by pretty much the same amount. Hence, prices not really falling. Not from the highs, I should say. We're, we're, you know, we're back to all-time highs, depending on which report that you are looking at. Now, this report came out on Monday and then on Tuesday we got the CoreLogic report and I'm not going to go through all of that, but I did want to just give you a heads up that the numbers here almost match black Knight. I mean, just, I mean, almost exactly. So the black Knight report showed home prices rising 0.39% month over month. CoreLogic has home prices rising (laughs) 0.3%. So I mean, right on the number 
And CoreLogic had home prices year over year rising 4.5%. Black Knight or ICE has them up 4.3%. So two separate reports looking at the housing market, both saying the same thing. We are seeing 0.3%, which is, I mean, if you think about it, 0.3% growth, you annualize that. I mean, it's 3.6%. It's closer to 4, 4% year over year. Remember all the people who said home prices were going to fall? 3.6% annualized rate. And both these report reports are showing that. Two completely different reports showing almost the exact same data. Very, oh, and here's something very interesting in the CoreLogic report. Maine had home prices were up in the state 10.1% year over year. That's the first time... Any state has been in double digits since the ending of last year. So, yeah, um, home prices aren't falling. (laughs) Or anyone that thought they were. Uh, Sorry to break it to you. Um, Now, this should not be surprising because the other big report that we got was from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York looking at total debt, total household debt. And this is an important report. Because there's a lot of arguments out there that consumers are hurting. Now, the thing is, we've been hearing that for, I want to say like two years. Like, you know, during the pandemic, we had all these stimulus because, hey, we got to help out consumers. And then when inflation really kicked in, it was, oh, no, here you go. It's really going to hurt consumers. However, the data hasn't really shown that. Every time we hear like, oh my gosh, things are so horrible for consumers. You know, they're borrowing outrageous amounts of money. It was never really backed up by data. Um, they would try, you know, a lot of these doom sayers out there, they, they would try and cherry pick data and they'd be like, oh, look, credit card debt's up. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's up, but in relationship to incomes, it's actually down. And that's a much you know more important metric than just using like straight up, you know, numbers of total debt. Because it's all relative. You have to compare it to income. Because as an economy grows, you're going to see income grows. And debt's always going to grow. And that's just the way it always is. The problem is when debt grows without income growth. And this could finally be the data that everyone's been, you know, the doomsayers have been hoping for. Because we saw a jump in in debt that is a little troubling. And then also not surprisingly in this, um, consumers under the age of 50 now hold 55% of all you house, um, all of all us household debt. There we go. (laughs) It's coming towards the end of the podcast. Got to give me a break. Um, they were at 48% in the second quarter. Now, once again, we're talking about all us household debt. So maybe this could be a good sign. That we're seeing, I've I have not had a chance to break down the numbers, so I apologize. So I'm not sure if that could be maybe a good sign that they're buying homes, that they're finally getting into the home market, uh, or a bigger percentage are, which therefore is showing up as debt, but it's always looked at as sort of being a good debt, housing debt versus say you know revolving debt, credit cards or car loans or things of that nature, which is always looked at as not great debt because usually the 
you know, you own a car, the car's worth less than your debt. Credit cards, there's there's nothing. <laughs> it's, there's nothing backing the debt. So obviously it's it, the debt is worth more. Uh, but housing is always looked at as kind of good debt because usually the asset is worth more than the liabilities. And so I'm not entirely sure why that is. Um, total U.S. household debt grew by $228 billion to reach $17.3 trillion, the increase coming from consumers younger than 50. Uh, the change was largely driven by mortgage, good, credit card, not good, and student loan balances, probably not good. Uh, before the pandemic, debt outstanding was roughly equal among younger and older households. Since then, younger households have added close to $3 trillion, while older Americans have added about $1.3 trillion. All right, I got to go. Uh, let's see. Is there anything happening today? Any, let's see here. Any releases coming out? No, not really. It's kind of, I take that back. Earlier I said we thought it was going to be a boring start to the week. The start of the week was actually the exciting part. Now is the boring part. I think we got mortgage demand as always. We got some inflation data out of China. Thursday is just the same weekly reports, jobless claims, mortgage rates, and then some data out of the UK on Friday. So that's it. That was it. That was the week right there. I really should have ended stronger now that I think about it. Um, all right. We got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll probably be back here on Friday. I'm not entirely sure. There's just not a lot going on that would warrant a podcast. So I don't know. Maybe something will happen. Like we can talk about it. Like maybe there'll be like another NAR lawsuit. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'll be able to get into it. We will see. Um, so maybe I'll talk to you on Friday. We will see. So you guys enjoy your week. Maybe I'll be here Friday. Either way, I'll be back at some point <laughs> for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. You guys enjoy your weekend. What the, what am I talking about? <laughs> How do I end the show? That's a problem. I haven't done the show in a couple of days. I've forgotten. How do I end it? Let's see. Uh, enjoy the last couple of days. Enjoy your Wednesday. And remember as always, there we go. Remember as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>